As we finish up on this journey of Advent, we have this symbolism of love that we focus on because we're so close, right, to love coming into this world with the Christ child. And yet there's this other side of, okay, so we're supposed to be celebrating, but not everything feels so celebratory. This time, this season can feel kind of heavy. And so what does it even mean to begin to think about celebrating our relationships, even when we are experiencing grief, when we're experiencing illness, when we feel like we're experiencing loneliness or separation? What does it begin to give us in this story of relationships, of how we begin to navigate, of being able to celebrate even when we don't necessarily feel like it. We don't, we're not ready for the party. We're not ready to dress up. We're not ready to see, or we wish we could. How do we begin to think about celebrating in this season our relationships in love when maybe we've got some challenges to face, we don't totally feel it, or we really would like to be able to give that to someone else. Maybe we are in the spirit of Christmas. We are feeling it. Oh, yeah. But we know that not everyone around us is. And so how do we begin to think about celebrating our relationships in love as we are coming to Christmas? So for today, we're going to actually look at two stories. We're going to look at Joseph. And the, the passage in Matthew of Joseph, because that's where Joseph has this great interaction. We're going to look at the shepherds as they have an experience and they're like, wait a minute, we got to go find Mary and Joseph. And we're going to look at the carol of O Come All Ye Faithful. And the Christmas carol of O Come All Ye Faithful, that's actually the oldest carol that we have looked at thus far. It was written in the late 1700s by this guy named John Francis Wade. So it's 1760, it gets published. He has written it, but he wrote it in Latin. So it's originally written in Latin. And if you look up the hymn, or the carol, if you're looking at it, you might notice, wow, this is some like heavy significance, it feels like. And it's kind of in line more with theology. It's probably our most theological, which just means the study of God, our most theological carol. In fact, it actually uses some phrases that we see in the Nicene Creed out of the 4th century. And you may be going, okay, what does that have to do with anything? Well, here's the th Here's the weird thing about theology. So we think, okay, it's a bunch of old guys like sitting around, they're contemplating God, right? They're contemplating the big questions. But my guess is we actually have those theological questions as well. We may just not realize it. If we ever have thought about the meaning of life, why am I even here? The purpose of life, the purpose of what I'm doing. If we've ever thought about the, looked around and said, why, why are so many people in pain? Why do we suffer? If there is a God, if there is a God, then why is there pain in the world? If God is supposedly good, 
All of those things are theological questions. And those are some big theological questions. And it's kind of interesting because even though maybe we don't think about those big ones all the time, we're also doing like little ones when we're trying to figure out how to respond, how to be ethical, how to do the right thing. Those are questions that are tied to God and one another as well. We just may not think of that. And so what the carol is doing of, oh, come all ye faithful, it's trying to give us that scope. It's trying to dig us into some of these big questions that we have, just as the creed did, the Nicene Creed, which is a saying. It's a saying of, okay, here's some guidance on what to believe or how we can think about it. Uh, some people like hammer it just hard, but it's supposed to help us. It's supposed to help guide us in those questions and understandings as we are moving along and trying to figure out who we are, who God is, what it means to like love one another, what it means to like go through our day with purpose and meaning, what it means to even be like grateful or try to be honest or try to be good in the world, those are all theological questions. And the carol is going to get at them, as well as, interestingly enough, this story of Joseph and the shepherds and this Christ child being born, this child being born who we think, well, children are born all the time. What's so different about? And how that all kind of ties in to celebrating our relationships and love. Because Christmas, right? Christmas is all about celebrating love, but maybe it begins to look a little different than we thought, even when we're in really challenging or even discouraging situations. So beginning in Matthew, the first chapter, 18 through 19. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. When Mary, his mother, was engaged to Joseph, before they were married, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man because he didn't want to humiliate her. He decided to call off their engagement quietly. Okay, so we learned something really kind of important there. Um, we've already gone through a genealogy. If you were to like pick up the Matthew and look at the first chapter, it, it runs through so-and-so begat so-and-so. And we get down then to Joseph. Joseph's got a decision to make. He knows Mary's pregnant. He knows he's not the father. And he's got a decision, and he, we get this interesting detail. He is a righteous man. And we may think, okay, righteous, what, what is that? I mean, of course he's righteous. He's in the Bible. But actually, if you read through the Bible, we see a lot of people who screw up constantly. And Joseph's just a guy. Joseph's a guy who tries to make the right decision, righteous. He is trying to do the right thing, the right kind of action. And we get in his mind what that kind of is, right? Because he didn't want to humiliate her. He decided to call off their engagement quietly. He's like, okay, not a good situation. I don't like it. Um, this is not where I thought I was headed with Mary, but I don't want to do anything to harm her. I don't want to humiliate her in front of others. I want to do it quietly. And so we can hear almost that struggle within. That struggle 
of how do I do the right thing? How do I say the right thing? How do I do, how do I take an, an action that is the right thing to do? He was a righteous man, and so he was trying. And so for ourselves, even when we're thinking about what is the right action when, what is the right thing to say when, right? Those are still questions all about hung up in theology, uh, this study of God, of going, okay, so what is guiding us? What is kind of guiding me in the way that I try to do the right thing? Is it because I don't want to hurt anybody else? Is it because I don't want to hurt myself? Is it because what are the things that guide us in making the decision? In making the decision that is difficult before us, or maybe isn't even clear, right? Joseph isn't totally clear on it, and we're actually going to see that as it goes further. Verses 20 through 24. As he was thinking about this, an angel from the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because the child she carries was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place so that what the Lord had spoken through the prophet would be fulfilled. Look, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did just as the angel from God commanded and took Mary as his wife. When I was reading through it this year, right, this story, we read through it like every year, and sometimes we read through it multiple times at this particular time of year. The, word, the phrase that struck out to me, was this, as he was thinking about this, as he was thinking about this, an angel from the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So it's kind of like, he knows he's got some kind of sense of what he kind of wants to do, right? He wants to be quiet about it. He doesn't want to hurt Mary, but he's like, I don't know any other way but for this relationship to end. But I've got to think about it. I've got to take a step back. I've got to give space to this. I don't need to run out and immediately go and do. I need to think about it. I need to take that time. And as he's doing that, he's listening. And so an angel from the Lord appears, a messenger from God appears to him and says, Hey, Joseph, son of David, so and explains it to him, explains the situation to him. But in ex that explanation, this messenger makes it clear that this child is significant. There is something special about this child, that this child is Emmanuel, God with us. That God is in this situation. That God is in this situation in a very unexpected way and so because Joseph gave space, gave space to listen, Joseph was able then to get some clarity of how God was in this, of how God was kind of guiding of where that the decision he needed to make, the decision that Joseph was going to have to live with for the rest of his life. And this messenger reminds him, Joseph, son of David, 
and reminds him of his own genealogy. Reminds him of David made some pretty bad decisions, and yet we still recognize the things about him that were great. And so the angel brings him into this relationship of going, okay, we need to take a step back, but here's the thing, God is with you. God is with you, this child. God is with Mary. God is with us in a way that has never been before. And so here, the messenger is actually able, because Joseph left room for new possibilities, actually able to redefine the relationship. To redefine the relationship with Mary and to redefine the relationship with God. And so Joseph is living into this like, okay, all right, I'm hearing you, I'm, I'm listening. And then notice, right? To take note, when I said celebrate our relationships, Joseph is moving beyond just honoring that relationship with Mary. He is now celebrating it because he listened. And so he listened and then... He was able to be present. He's able to be present with Mary. He's able to be present with this child when this child is born. He's able to be present in ways that were completely unexpected, even though there were all these distractions. And so what would it mean to actually think about we are able to celebrate our relationships beyond parties, beyond gifts, when we are able to listen and be present? even being present in the midst of distractions. And we all know, we all know there are all kinds of distractions on us in our current world, right? Whether that is work, busyness, social media, fears, worries, illness, right? There are all kinds of these distractions. There are all kinds of these things that keep trying to pull at us in a way. How often have you been in a room with someone else, someone that you love, someone that matters to you, and yet you feel alone because you're both on your phones, you're totally distracted, and you really aren't present. So here Joseph is making a choice. Joseph makes the choice to listen, but now he's making the choice to be changed by where God is guiding him, to change his mind, to change him and to make him think about new possibilities, new ways of engaging, new ways of being in relationship with Mary. And so he is able to celebrate by listening and being present. And so for ourselves, as we're thinking through that, as we're thinking about our closest relationships, those relationships that we would say, yes, this matters to me, how might we be celebrating them by listening and being present, of giving space for new possibilities to take shape? How often are we making space to listen and be guided by God in different ways? Now continuing on, we move to the shepherds in the book of Luke. Verses 8 through 14 of chapter 2. 
Nearby, shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night. The Lord's angels stood before them. The Lord's glory shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. Look, I bring good news to you, wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your Savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great assembly of the heavenly forces was with the angel praising God. They said, glory to God in heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. So the difference, the difference with the shepherds, right? Mary and Joseph obviously have some sort of relationship prior to things seeming like they are unraveling and then listening for God and, and trying to navigate the way forward together in a new way of trying to be present. Here are the shepherds. Maybe the shepherds have no idea who Joseph and Mary are. Maybe they've heard of them. Maybe they haven't. And so the shepherds, right? Strangers. Strangers, and they're just out there doing their job. Like, you know, they take care of sheep. They've got to be with the sheep, making sure the sheep are safe. If one gets lost, they go and find them. So they are out there on a night. Maybe it's a little cool. It's usually a little bit cooler in the arid kind of desert regions at night. Maybe they're just enjoying the peaceful quiet and just the, the sounds of the sheep kind of, you know, bond, snoring. And here, all of a sudden, in this kind of quietness of sorts, in the quietness of their routine, the angel shows up. This messenger of God shows up and says, don't be afraid, which is really kind of funny because that's what the angel has to keep saying to Joseph and Mary and, and everybody because it's like, everybody's like, what? You know, they're kind of freaked out. And so the, this messenger shows up and says, don't be afraid. I've got wonderful, joyous news. Okay, well, now that's the way to start a conversation, isn't it? And the messenger goes on to say, I bring good news to you, wonderful, joyous news for all people. Not just you shepherds, but this is for everybody. Your Savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. This is a sign for you. That he is Christ the Lord. He's born in David's city. Bethlehem, not much of a place. And yet it's wonderful, joyous news. And to think about, right? To think about, you know, the, the, I could see the shepherds. Like, they're like, what in the world is happening? And they get this message that a child is being born, is in a manger, not in a palace, not born to Caesar, not born to Herod. They already know those kids. No, this is a child that's born, and yet this child is about to change everything for them. And so you could... You could almost hear the wheels turning in their minds, right? Of going, what in the world? And so they're still there. And it's almost like all of creation burst forth with them. Burst forth and like, oh yeah, this is great news. Glory to God in heaven and on peace among those whom he favors. It's exciting. 
It sounds exciting, right? They go from quiet night hanging out with sheep to, hey, a child is being born. It's not just any child. Yeah, it's not, it's not your cousin, or, or maybe it is. But this child is bringing something different to your life. Something that will upend everything. Something that will give new perspective. Something that will bring a new way of thinking and being in the world. And then it's like all of creation bursts forth glory to God. And on, pe on earth, peace among those whom he favors. A sign of peace. Not of coming death or destruction. Or power over. But instead this sense of a child being born being able to bring them into new realities, new possibilities, new relationships that maybe weren't possible before. And this really hits on what the th first three verses of O Come All Ye Faithful are talking about. All ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant, O come ye to Bethlehem, born the king of angels. The second verse... True God from true God, light from light, eternal, born of a virgin, immortal. He comes, very God, begotten, not created. Oh, come, let us adore him. And then that third verse, sing choirs of angels, sing in exultation. Sing all ye citizens of heaven above. Glory to God, all glory in the highest. Oh, come, let us adore him. That's, that carol is exciting because we associate it with particular ways of celebration. But here we see the celebration looks a little bit different. It is kind of quiet, but yet there is something of life bursting forth in ways that were unexpected and are bringing people together in completely new ways. Continuing on in verse 15. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go right now to Bethlehem and see what's happened. Let's confirm what the Lord has revealed to us. So the shepherds, right, they've got a choice. They've heard this message. They've had some insight that may be a little bit unexpected. Their night has been disrupted. And yet, if this child really is something, if, if God really has come to be with them, if God's presence is now bringing about a new way of living and being in the world, let's go explore that. Let's go question that. Just like I said earlier, theological questions, it's all theology. It's all about questioning and digging deeper and trying to look for new understandings. And here, the shepherds give us that example. Like, they don't take it and they're not like, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, um, I'm going to just go over here and sleep a little more. No, instead, they're like, let's go find this out. Let's go try and see what in the world is going on. They're going to dig deeper. They're going to go beyond the surface level. They're going to dig deep because it's like, wait a minute. If there's something more to this relationship between God and us, that might suggest that there's more to this relationship between one another. And so let's go find this out. Let's not stay here. Let's go. 
And so for ourselves, when we've got those big questions, when we've even got some of the smaller questions of navigating our everyday, do we go looking for more? Do we begin to dig deeper? Do we begin to say, you know what, I've got to explore or are we good with just the surface level, the cliches? Well, it doesn't match what I already think or what I already know or what I already suspect. Do we begin to dig a little deeper into those questions that actually connect us to God and one another in new ways that actually may help us celebrate those relationships in love? Finishing up, verses 16 through 20. They went quickly and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they saw this, they reported what they had been told about this child. Everyone who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds told him. Mary committed these things to memory and considered them carefully. The shepherds returned home, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything happened just as they had been told. Shepherds are strangers, you know, not known, but most likely to Mary and Joseph. And yet they decide to show up, and they decide to have a conversation with them. The shepherds decide, we're going to go search, we're going to go ask, we're going to go find. And Mary and Joseph welcome them in. To say, okay, let's explore this. What you got to say, you know? And so the shepherds tell them what's happened. And Mary commits these things to her memory. This conversation is a building of a relationship. Now, maybe it doesn't mean that they're in close contact calling each other all the time. But it's a relationship that begins to change them, that helps them understand. Because she's committing this to memory. Because she is going to hold on to this moment. She's going to reflect upon it and come to a deeper understanding as this child grows and develops. So to begin to think about that for ourselves. Of what are the interactions that we commit to memory, whether they are from people we know or people we don't know. What are those conversations that we commit to memory that actually help us dig deeper into our life, dig deeper into meaning, dig deeper into our purpose, dig deeper into how God is at work in the world and will not abandon us, just like the Advent reading at the beginning of this said. How do we begin to dig a little deeper in that? How do we begin to understand our relationships when we're willing to have those conversations that dig into who we are and who God is and how we are all getting this together? How, how is that working? How is that changing our relationships? How is that changing how we react in this world? How does it change what we say and what we do? how we live. She committed those things to memory and considered them carefully. And the shepherds returned home, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything happened just as they had been told. So here, right, the shepherds get the sense that no, this was worthy of exploration. This was worthy of going that something has been built here that's different. And now they can go out praising God for what has happened. 
they are able to celebrate the relationship that has been formed and strengthened and deepened between one another and with God. And so that really is kind of this cool consideration as we're thinking about how we are celebrating our relationships through conversation, through learning, through understanding something new and something different, of of gaining a different perspective, of understanding it in terms of You know, if God didn't abandon us, if God is trying to guide us into flourishing and healing, what does that begin to look like in all of our different contexts, in all of our different relationships? And how about that being celebrated? The theologian Shirley Guthrie really has an interesting, gives something more to us understanding this story the importance of this story. He says, The story of the Son of God born the first Christmas is the story of a God who becomes little, weak, and powerless so that human life may be affirmed, protected, and defended. In the story of Jesus Christ, Son of God, the Word became flesh, God with us. We see the self-humiliation of God and the exaltation making great of humanity. That is the meaning of the Christmas story. That God is with us and has not abandoned us. And if we are looking and being guided in flourishing and healing, if that's what it means, then it means understanding that God with us is, is giving us a sense of the importance of human life the importance of protecting and defending, of affirming life in one another. When we know each other and when not, Joseph affirmed the importance of Mary's life, as did the shepherds affirm Mary, Joseph, and the child. And so to begin to see how it all works together of of how that questioning of giving space, of making sure we are present, of being able to open ourselves up to new possibilities is all connected to this story of a child being born that makes us begin to see the world in a little bit different way, begin to see our lives in a little bit different perspective, begins to say, you know what, our relationships, it's, they can be difficult, all of them, they aren't always easy, they aren't always straightforward, but how do we begin to celebrate, to hold up in love, even in the smallest of ways? even through the great difficulties, all relationships, not just those closest to us, but even in cultivating relationships with those that we don't even know, because God is with us and affirming life for us. And so where might we look? How might we notice? What experiences should we be open to as we listen for God, as we try to be present, as we have those conversations that just might be life-changing. 
How might we be challenged by this story today so that we can actually sing out that fourth verse of O Come All Ye Faithful, that we might actually be emboldened by it when it says, Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning, Jesus to thee be all glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing, O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Amen. Thank you.